Welcome back. Another edition Judd Buds episode something, either three or four, I think, of season two. Um, I am timing this episode unbelievably well as the Wild literally, as I hit record, uh, dropped the puck on game one of the regular season. We are finally fucking back and god does it feel good and they almost just scored my god the grief line just went to work already um so anyways listen uh last week i was literally planning on doing a full-on episode um and then naturally uh got violently ill as i have been tending to do lately for some reason don't know why gonna adjust this camera here um and i didn't do it so what we're gonna do um is pretty much just a really quick mailbag i'm sorry if you wanted a full episode here but i'll be honest i'm not gonna be able to focus that well because the game is going on directly to my left uh and i would like to be able to uh watch marco rossi as he begins his uh legacy in minnesota here so before i get ready to questions here um just gonna talk real quick so the lineup tonight and uh, for the foreseeable future, at least as long as, I guess, there's injuries. Um, first line, as always, same thing. Nothing changes. Kaprizov, Hartman, Zook, don't fix what ain't broke. Uh, love it. Uh, second slash third line, I don't think they really number these lines, but Tyson Joe steps in for Jordan Greenway, uh, and he plays with uh, Eric Sinek and Felino. Thought he looked really good in the preseason. I thought he looked a lot better than he did last year when he got slotted there, so no complaints there. And then the bottom two lines, or at least the the last two that I'll bring up again. They don't really, I don't think they number these lines for real. Sam Steele, Will Center, Boldy, and oh, and I just, oh my god, they almost just scored. Um, yeah, this made a disaster trying to do this at the same time. Um, so listen, yeah, Sam Steele, he's gonna start between Boldy and Goudreau. Naturally, because we are Minnesota Wild fans, uh, everyone freaked out and like, oh, it's all right. What are they doing? They're burying Rossi. They're burying Rossi. Nothing wrong with having Rossi play between Dewar and Duhame. First of all, did you watch the preseason? I thought they lit it up. Marco Rossi literally led the preseason in points, no matter who he was playing with. Um, he clearly has put in a ton of work since last offseason. He's ready to rock and roll. Now, listen, I actually really like that look of that line, but... One of the things it's going to do is, hey, let Marco Rossi ease into the NHL, right? He's going to play on that quote-unquote fourth line. He's going to play with Dewar and Duhame. They're going to do a whole lot of dirty work. And not only that, um, you know, him being on that fourth line, a kid like Marco Rossi gets to feast on lower matchups, right? So at home, um, he's going against other teams' bottom six, probably their second or third pair defenseman because those other lineups, those other teams are going to have those guys higher in the lineup going up against, um, you know, the Caprizovs and the Erickson Eck line and the Boldy. So now Marco Rossi gets to feature on that fourth line and pretty much just feast upon lower on a uh, lesser matchups, which I kind of love. So I have no complaints about this. And we also know that, you know, if things go awry here, there's going to be changes, right? And there's going to be injuries here. They got to sort that out. So this isn't like set in stone. This isn't, um, you know, it's not like this is going to be the lineup game 82 and in the playoffs, right? So I don't know why everyone's freaking out. I personally could not be freaking out any less. Um and I'm just excited to get going here. And naturally, the Wild are about to head to the PK, so we'll really get to see what happens with the special teams. Um, but yeah, 
so that's just my quick thought on the lineup. Um, I do like these Z pairs, though, by the way. I like Middleton and Addison, mostly because Addison and Goligoski together scare the shit out of me. Um, and I actually thought Goligoski was significantly better last year when he played with Jared Spurgeon, naturally, as anyone else would be. So, um, yep, that's my quick two cents on the, um, the lineup for game one here. Uh, no complaints. And that was a really funny penalty on Middleton. Um, but, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. All right, so let's just get right into the questions now. Tyler, I know Masters has never really been a stat sheet player, and that's not necessarily where his value comes from, but he does seem poised for a breakout year. If I set the line at over under 35 points, am I being unrealistic? It's an interesting question because I don't know if, how many people have been listening to this since day one, but for a long time when Kyle Masters was in Red Deer, obviously the stats really did not jump off the page whatsoever, and like Tyler said, he's it's never really been his M.O., um, he is a really exciting player to watch. And if you look at those micro stats that, um, that were tweeted out from my buddy from the elite prospects there, he is a micro stat demon where he's just one of the best in transition defensively. He's unbelievable. Um, the only place that it doesn't translate is in points. So it's really interesting, but in red deer, he was pretty much pigeonholed into a defensive role where even if, you know, he was really feeling it with the puck, they, he didn't really get a ton of offensive looks, didn't really get a ton of time on the power play, didn't really get those prime offensive minutes, was pretty much used more as a shutdown guy um, and really leaned on just for defense, pretty much transition play, which, I mean, again, he excelled. This year's going to be interesting. Cam Loop's totally different team. They are high octane, go, 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 um, and they are one of the best transition teams in the entire Canadian Junior Hockey League. So... I do think this is going to be a big year for him. I've already loved everything that I've seen, and it's one nothing Rangers. That's not great. Um, that was sick, though. I've loved everything I've seen from Masters and Caden Bank here, by the way. Uh, Stan Cummins back, so it's going to be interesting. Bank here probably isn't going to be that number one uh, center there anymore, but um, but I've loved what I've seen from both. So already just in three games, uh, Masters is up to two assists already. He's logging 25, 26, 27 minutes a night. He's on the first power play unit. He's on the first PK unit. He's on the ice late and close games. Um, and he's really just been a beast. One of the most noticeable players out there every game that I've watched of his. Um, and I think it was the second game. He was actually second star of the game. So um, I do think this is going to be a big time you know, if you want to call it a breakout year, I do think he's going to put up significantly more points. If you want to set it at 35, I'd say, um, I wouldn't say it's super unrealistic, um, especially if just given where he's being used right now um, in such an offensive role that he wasn't in Red Deer. But, um, you know, this is also junior hockey, so they all put up crazy points. So I, would, I don't think it's necessarily crazy. They got a sick power play unit that he's right there. Um, so, you know, I, I'm just going to take the over because I, I love taking the over and, um, you know, life's too short to take the unders. But, um, yeah, I'd say 30, 35 points is fairly realistic. And he might even kind of go higher because, again, he's that offensive flair that he has, that rush, the transition, the skill. Um, it's really kind of coming out full scale uh, in the game so far. So I've loved what I've seen from him. And I think the move to Kamloops has been tremendous for him. Um, and I think it's going to do wonders for his game, especially this year, just feeling like such a breakout year. Tyler also asks, any hunch on who scores more points this year between Hunter Haight and Sarevac Petrovsky? It's a really interesting question. Um, and like you said, I do think it's going to be close. 
Um, I've watched a couple of their games. Petrovsky's actually hurt, but I think he should be back soon. They're kind of holding him out more on precautionary things right now, from what I've understood. Um, I didn't see the play that he got injured on, but um, he's missed the last few games. Um, and then Hunter Haight had a really good start in his first game. He scored one of the, I mean, what a way to re-enter the OHL. First game back, he goes end-to-end, take away the one end, then he goes, uh, cuts into the middle once he gains the offensive blue line and just rips one shelf. Um, and I actually, the, the last game I saw of his, I actually really liked what he was doing defensively too. I thought he was working really hard where, you know, that was one of his criticisms coming into the draft where, you know, he was significantly more interested in the offensive side of the puck, which I mean, that's like every teenager, right? But, um, you know, I, again, I was just actually really impressed the last game I watched with his defensive work. Um, so it's been really good now. Petrovsky just gets used more in more situations. Um, but Hunter Haight is that true number one center for Barry. So it's going to be interesting. I think they are going to be really close. I'd like to see Hunter Haight get a little bit more assertive, um, kind of announce himself more, take more initiative with the puck and kind of just take learn to take over games just because I do think he has that skill. Um, the size is obviously kind of an issue if you're like a big-time believer in that. But um i would like to see that from him and i think if he does do that then he's poised for a breakout year in terms of just like pure offense big time numbers over a point per game because he has the skill he's that good and he's a super smart hockey player too um so i think let's say they both hit their ceilings like let's say they both break out this year with points i think hunter hate that game he's just translate like his game just translates more so to, to the big point totals petrovsky again he's one of the more well-rounded centers in this most recent draft which again makes it crazy that he went to 185th overall to minnesota um but i think he just gets leaned on a little bit more for defensive stuff so i would put my money on hate but i do think so far just from what i've seen the last two years that petrovsky's probably a little bit more impressive just in terms of the full 200 foot uh, game but um you know if they're if they both you know are used right they both get tons of offense um you know on prime ice then i'd say hunter hate probably profiles as a guy who puts up more points but um you know yeah i'd probably just say hate again part of that petrovsky's hurt but more so just the fact that he's leaned on more is the the 200 foot two-way center but it is, it is, it is interesting because I think Hunt, hate does have another level that I've yet to see, but you know it's in there because you see it in spurts. Um, so it's interesting. Morty, why is the NHL inept? Oh, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, the only professional league where you have to search for what channel your team's playing on. I think this was during, oh yeah, this is last week um, during the preseason. I still can't believe there's preseason games that don't get streamed eh, i hear you morty it's crazy it's annoying as shit especially when i want to watch the prospects play in those first couple of preseason games and those are the ones they don't air and then by the time they do air the games half the prospects are already back in junior so yeah no i hear you i hear you max s damon hunt didn't look that unhinged in preseason if he can keep it together defensively what tools does he have that could make him a legit nhler yeah no i actually agree um, which is why I was really curious to see him in preseason because, um, again, I talked about this last year, but just watching him in the WHL, I was like, it's very fun. He's very chaotic and he's just 
kind of an alpha where there are a lot of nights between him. The fact that he was the one playing with Denton Matejchuk, who might have been the best defenseman, um, most versatile, most most flair, most flashy, all that good stuff, probably in the WHL. And then you have Damon Hunt, where those two, that's my favorite pair to watch. So they could kind of just do whatever they wanted. And I did think there were just too many times where Damon Hunt knew that and clearly was just kind of, you know, not playing anything that's really translatable, but effective because he's just such a beast. Um, so I talked about that a lot throughout the year, but this preseason, I would agree. I actually thought he played much more poised. He wasn't pure chaos. Cause I think he's, again, he's smart enough. He knows he can't be doing that in the NHL. Like that's not what he's going to be in the NHL. Um, and I do think he actually does have a lot of good defensive tools. So, um, you know, in terms of what, if he can keep it together defensively, which again, I actually think he is pretty good defensively when he wants to be, um, you know, what tools does he have that can make him a legit NHLer? I mean, I think you look at the skating and how, um, sorry, the, the wild emotion scored. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, Jesus Christ, my fucking brain right now. Um, so what tools does he have that make him a legit NHLer? You look at just how strong he is, super athletic. He's a really good skater, moves his feet well. Um, and again, if you look at every every defenseman really in this wild pool, um, they're all really good in transition. They all move the puck. They all skate well. That all translates to the NHL. So um, I think if David Hunt really needed to, because there's probably not a spot in that top four, at least not in Minnesota, um, I think he's mean enough, he's tough enough, he's strong enough. Um, he could be a really effective shutdown guy um, that skates well, that moves the puck really well. Um, and again, he's just a super athlete. So I think he has the ability just to kind of, you know, rely on that a little bit while his, you know, decision-making definitely needs to get a little bit better. Um, and, you know, there were definitely a lot of times where he'd be going back to retrieve pucks behind his own net. Uh, and he's just kind of fucking around because he knows if someone's going to come in, he can just throw a, a reverse hit. We'll work in the NHL. Right. Um, but again, like you said, I thought he actually honed it in a lot during the preseason he was playing very translatable game. And I mean, you know, there were a couple of times where he was taking the puck and he was driving on the net himself. And I love that because he is such a confident kid um, and he has that ability and he is super athletic. Um, but I think his skating could be a really big, really big asset um, to him or for him. Um, you know, and again, you look at the athleticism, the raw strength and and just, um, you know, his, there t again, it's just so fun to watch him kind of decide that he's, I'm just going to be a man amongst boys. It's varsity versus JV time. Um, but it'll be interesting, but yeah. So I, again, the tools, I would, I keep coming back to the skating and the strength and the athleticism, um, you know, that he could be a really effective defensive, defensive defenseman, but, um, there's enough tools there that, you know, he's going to move the puck for you. He's going to keep that. He's going to keep that, um, you know, he's going to keep in the offensive zone there and he's going to get pucks to those forwards in transition. So, um, yeah, he's really exciting. So I'm curious to see what he, how he develops. It'll be a really big year for him in the AHL. I love David Hunt, so we'll see uh, see how it goes for the kid. Maxess also asks, how's our boy Yura been looking in limited time in Ruski? Also seems like optimism on Ogram has dipped a bit. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, so Yura started getting the uh, treatment he got last year. He got sent down to juniors for one game, obviously got an assist. Uh, but he's actually back in that top six now, and I actually think he looks really good. Um, again, I'd like to see him 
maybe get um, to the inside a little bit more, maybe get on the puck a little bit more. And, you know, when he is on the puck, though, he, he gets that shot off. And again, like, he probably creates a lot more for himself than he does necessarily his teammates, but that's totally okay because you're talking about a winger versus a center, right? So, um, you know, he's supposed to be the guy scoring goals and creating chances for himself, and that makes him dangerous. So I love the shot totals and just the fact that he can, in a limited, you know, a limited amount of ice time, he can absolutely be a big part, um, you know, of an offense just because he's that, he's kind of got that drive where he just wants to score. He wants to be effective, and I kind of love that about him. Um, and again, he actually really has been, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it seems like it's a common misconception. Anyone that has like a high draft, um, stock known for being really flashy and having that skill and being, you know, a big time point producer, they kind of just like, I feel like maybe people just decide that, oh yeah, I know the defense has just got to get better. I actually, he's actually a really good defensive forward too. And he skates well. Um, so he is a really well-rounded player. I think the offense, I just like to see him create more for his teammates and kind of be a little bit more, um, you know, multidimensional in that aspect where he's not just creating, um, offense for himself. He's not just kind of just shooting, but, um, but again, he, he can make himself incredibly effective. Oh my God, Matt, Tommy just fell over. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, I actually think he's been looking really good. Again, he had a couple games there where he was getting like two, three, four minutes. I think one game he had one shift for like twelve seconds, still had a shot on that, of course. Um, but I thought he's been—I think he's been pretty good. Uh, and then in terms of Ogun, I actually think he's been excellent. What I, I just haven't been able to watch him a lot because they play at one o'clock during the day and I have to find a stream. Like, if you want to fucking stream the Elsvenskin like legally, you have to like buy seymour which is like cable like swedish cable and it's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars a year which is outrageous um so i'm not gonna do that so like half the time i'll have to like watch the first period on my lunch break i'll take my lunch at one o'clock watch the first period and then stream the rest of it underneath my computer on my phone uh in the office uh but i actually think he's been really good um you know, he's not, he doesn't get a ton of ice time. He naturally is one of the younger players on that team, so he's not going to. Uh, but he's got a, he, both of his assists have been really nice in transition. The second one was an absolute peach to Lekaramaki just for a tap in. Uh, he's playing in that third line role. Again, I think he's actually been good defensively. He's playing a well rounded game. And, you know, he didn't play any preseason because he got hurt in the World Juniors. So, um, you know, the first couple of games, I thought he was trying to shake off the rust a little bit. Obviously, he hadn't played in a long time, but since then, he gets. He's been getting on the puck. That effort has been really, really good. Just skating hard, everyone on the ice, finishing his hits. Um, you know, keeping a good stick. I think the, again, he's been on the PK a little bit here and there. So, um, you know, he's playing Sweden's version of the AHL, and he's got a couple of points. You know, he's got a couple of assists. Um, and you know, there was one game that he actually played about 15, 16 minutes, which I love to see. So, um, I actually think he's been really good. He's just getting a little bit better as he's gone on. Um, and again, this is a kid that he just to me screams like a um you know high offensive ceiling middle six kind of guy where he just gives you a little bit of everything so um i think this kid's such a good player i love that pick i mean i love that first round for the minnesota wild um but yeah no i think he's been really good i don't know why that took me so to type okay Still typing. Where is that thing? Okay, there it is. Sorry about that. Okay. 
Ryan asks, will Dean fix special teams? Well, they're 0 for 1 on the penalty kill right now, and they are currently on the power play, so we'll find out. I mean, I thought they looked a lot better in the preseason, though, I'll be honest with you. Like, I know it was just preseason, and, you know, some of those teams are playing some absolute dogs, but I actually like their structure on the penalty kill. Uh, I thought Flurry looked pretty good. Um, and, you know, I, th- I thought I saw a little- it was interesting seeing the power play without Kevin Fiala. You know, I think there were too many times last year where Fiala was just getting a little frustrated and saying, fuck it, I'm doing this myself. And that obviously doesn't work too well. And it kind of becomes a, um, you know, predictable power play where it's like, hey, just watch Fiala and make sure Kaprizov doesn't get the puck. Other than that, we got a bunch of dudes that are just trying to crash the net. So we'll be fine. Um, but I think Kalen Addison also has been huge for this. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when Merrill's healthy, what they want to do with that back end, because I think Addison has really turned that power play into something way more dangerous. They have a legit quarterback from the back end with dynamic offense. who moves really well. Um, it makes smart, smart puck decisions, and he's a dual threat, whether he's um, you know passing into dangerous areas or just kind of unloading that bomb that he has from the point. Um, he's just giving them a little bit something different that they didn't necessarily have last year. So uh, we'll see, but so far so good. I mean, not necessarily tonight, but we'll see. Pavlov's dog. Who has more points this year, Tyson Jost or Sam Steele? Yeah, I don't really know because I think there's a little bit more offense to be had there from Jost. I think it really is who kind of me up oh, and they just took a penalty at the end of that power play. So yeah, we're over on the power play and over one on the PK. So nope, we're fucked. Anyways, um, it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see where those two players end up by the end of the year. Like, I don't think this is the, the out and out lineup all 82 games. Obviously it's, we'll see what happens when Jordan Greenway comes back. Uh, where does Tyson Joe's go? You know, where does Sam Steele go? Um, but they both looked really good in the preseason. They both they both produced a lot of points. Um, and again, Sam Steele, he's always had the profile of an offensive guy. He just kind of wasn't really an option in Anaheim there. So um, I think it really depends where they end up in the lineup and who they play with because it's two guys that don't necessarily, um, you know, you know, you wouldn't profile them as out and out playmakers, right? But there's a lot of skill and there and there's a, a high offensive IQ and there's good, um, you know, offensive instincts. But again, they're not like out and out playmakers. They're not dragging a line. So I think it really does depend where they end up. Like if Joe stays on that grief line all year, I don't really know how many points he'll get. If Sam Steele stays with Matt Boldy and Freddie Gaudreau, I think there's probably a lot of points there. So, um, you know, we'll see. But um, my instinct just says Joe's though. And finally, Pavlov's dog also asks, where's Adam Beckman on the call-up list? I think it really depends on who he's stepping in for, right? Like if, and maybe not even that, because you look at the fourth line now, they've got Marco Rossi, Dewar, and Duhame, where it's not just that grinding fourth line. So that's an interesting question, because I do think it does depend on, um, you know, what team are they playing? Where would he be in the lineup? Because if you're looking for a, a bottom six guy, you're probably looking at more in the Mason Shaw's of the world, the Nick Sweeney's of the world, the Mitchell Chafee's of the world, although they're all really off, really skilled and really good offensive players in the AHL that can produce big-time numbers, and they all produced big-time numbers last year. That's probably just who you'd be, you know, slotting in there. Oh, my God, please. Oh, my God, Dewar and the Dewey's almost just combined for a shorty. What a play. Um, but I think it really just depends on who – is out or who he's stepping in for. Um, you know, he's definitely not first though. 
You know, like I think guys like Mason Shaw, they've earned it. Sweeney earned it. Um, Chafee probably earned a little bit. So, um, you know, again, if, if the options for him to come up and play like eight minutes on a fourth line, like killing penalties, he's probably better off just staying in the AHL, playing on that first line down there, playing first power play, um, and just being used in all situations, being heavily leaned on. So, um, you know, he's, I think it really just depends on who they're playing and who he's stepping in for. And that's it. That's the podcast. Um, as I'm trying to clip up a, it won't work, of course, naturally. Um, they killed the penalty. Um, anyways, thank you for the questions. Sorry, I missed last week. I did not plan. I, I love that the first episode of this season, I was like, yeah, I'm back every week now, and then like three or four in on ir um but yeah thank you for the questions sorry again i missed last week but i am it, this game the game's on right now this is fantastic we are so back and uh yeah i'll just see you next week i'll stop talking